coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss the Mazamorphosis, life after Maze Ransomware announced their retirement. Next up, the Cobalt Strikes Back, toolkit allegedly leaked in a GitHub repository, and finally, two truths and a lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 67, recorded on November 16th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Welcome to the Ponderdome, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, teenage muted Ninja Turtles, Anderson. Chad? Lives up to the name. And with me, of course, is Tim Strike This Helming. And our very special guest today, Ken, making Chad possible, Anderson. The crowd goes Chad. wild. <laughs> would you like to do a special introduction for Ken making Chad possible, Anderson? I, I would. Yeah, we're brought to you from uh, our studios in Hawaii today. Um, here with Dad. Hello. Tim and I were not invited. We just want to no. point that out. Well, we weren't not invited either. <laughs> I'll just point out. <laughs> I just really want to tell everyone that I'm sorry your quarantine sucks compared to mine. <laughs> Is that Himalayan pink salt you're rubbing into my open wound, Chad? <laughs> nice big grains. Mm, burn so good. <laughs> Natural Hawaiian sea salt, perhaps. Mm. Uh, yeah, put some of the black sand beaches in there, too. Let's just really exfoliate from the inside out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, it's nice to have you on here, Ken, making Chad possible, Anderson. Hey, it's great to be here. Chad's pretty worried, though, that you're going to show him up here during the podcast, I think. He's yeah. expressed Oh, concern. I don't think that's possible. The, uh, <laughs> the, the wit level just increased by generations, so. <laughs> the puns distill down. Um, you know, the dad jokes become Chad jokes. Mm-hmm. They get heavier. <laughs> Uh, it's been the greatest pleasure of my life to slowly break your son down and make him love puns, Ken. It's what oh, gets me up in the yes. morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ken, we'll let you get back to your regularly scheduled programming. We just wanted to give you a chance to um, to bust Chad's chops on oh, our recording yeah. here today. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. What's the audio equivalent of showing everybody the naked baby pictures or something? You know, I mean, this is your opportunity. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what what funny things did Chad do when he was two? Yeah. All right, continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> Segwaying out of that. Well, this is seems like a great actual and very natural segue into our first article, which is the Mazamorphosis. <clears throat> Sorry, just a little Kafka. Um, so as the developers <laughs> of the Maze Ransomware, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very proud of myself for that. This will all come together, though. This is so meant to be um, a pun off the metamorphosis, this entire thing. So as the developers of the Maze Ransomware announced their exit from the malware scene, clients are now thought to be turning to Egregor as a substitute, also known as Gregor of Kafka's metamorphosis. It's always better to explain the joke. That's what uh, I've learned. That's where that comes in. Yeah. I was wondering. That um, seems better. So this is like Kafka online. It's E. Gregor. 
It's like Yeah, you Gregor. Yeah. Before there was Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, Chad, what can you tell us about the famed Mays ransomware group and their retirement? Yeah, so the Maze Ransomware Group has been around for a short minute, uh, but they've already pulled in some huge earnings. You know, they went after Xerox, a couple other big companies, 60, 70 million dollar hauls. Uh, not too bad. But uh, they were one of the groups to start doing the double extortion where they threatened to leak your data on a leak site, um, usually like about six months later in the case of Maze. Uh, if you don't pay them to decrypt and release the files, they tended to go after companies around the 200 employee range. So some of their big, uh, their big hits were kind of surprising. Like on average, you know, the companies are two, 210 um, people from what we've seen. But anyways, uh, all these tactics uh, lined them up to be pretty successful in the ransomware space. Um, certainly up there with Ryuk, um, they were responsible for, I think it was like 15% of infections in 2019, something like that. Uh, even though, you know, now Ryuk has largely eclipsed that. Uh, and, and like you said, Maze announced their retirement from the game, which uh, isn't always them actually reti- retiring. It's uh, Perhaps they generated a new persona, moved on to some new tooling, um, but whatever it is, the maze name is going away. Um, so, and we've certainly seen this happen before, where they'll have some new and improved tactics. So they might do a little bit uh, in marketing terms, some rebranding. You know, I'm just honestly surprised that nobody has copied the Xerox attack yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That uh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I've got this recorded forever. Yeah. I listen to that in the morning every every day to pump myself up. Chad just going, that was good to a pun. It seems like a big win. Yeah, um, <laughs> you join. So how much of an impact has Maze's uh, retirement had on infections? Yeah, so their infections have steadily decreased since about August, you know, and they're being sunsetted here, I think, by the end of the year is what the was going on in the cybercrime forums. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think into November, into the year, something like that. But uh, they're an affiliate program. So like a lot of these affiliate programs for cybercrime groups, so they have a bunch of underlings that do the actual infections and the ransom, and then they take a cut of the profits as it comes uh, up the line. So uh, it's another common ransomware gang tactic now, right? And along with double extortion is to basically run a multi-level marketing company. Uh, in their absence, though, uh, it, it, as always happens, another contender will eventually come into play. Interesting you say that. It's almost as if someone has. <laughs> so who could have possibly been picking up all this slack in the ransomware game? Yeah. Nature of ransomware vacuum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sucks. So uh, the the vacuum does, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was good. Um, who forever could it be? Uh, <laughs> Damn, that was good. Uh, the the Maze affiliates are moving under this Gregor banner, uh, which is a modified version of this ransomware called Sekhmet. Um, so they've been active since about September, I believe. Um, though Maze has been, uh, they've said that Gregor is not an official successor. <laughs> um, this new family is already in the top 10 for this quarter of ransomware infections out there, though. So it's definitely on the rise. What else do we know about this group? Are there any techniques that have been highlighted? What what do we know about Egregor? 
Yeah, there there's some interesting stuff. Uh, their payload's really interesting. But um, first off, you know they they only give 72 hours to pay a ransom before dropping leaks online. So I think this accelerated time frame is sure to get some people to panic, pay out for the double extortion. You know, as if it wasn't already effective. Uh, it was just 72 hours to decide. You know, like that's your weekend eaten up pretty quick. Uh, well, I mean, if it's a European three day weekend, but uh, in addition to that, their uh, <laughs> payload can only be decrypted if the key is provided on the command line, like at the time of execution of the malware. So it makes it extremely difficult, uh, if not impossible, to analyze individual samples in a sandbox. Um, so I, I have a line on a sample. Um, I'm probably going to spend some time swearing at it, but I guess you know, for uh, all but the best of reversers, it'll be it'll be difficult time in Ghidra to figure out what's going on with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like a rather than the hoodie rating, it's how many bad words has Chad screamed at this sample might be another good way for us to gauge the relative <laughs> risk and mm, frustration. The expletive <laughs> index. Yeah, the, the expletive index. Yeah. <laughs> also, it seems like threat actors have learned from our response to COVID-19 with the panic buying. They're like, yeah, no, they'll... <laughs> pay the ransom just like they bought all the toilet paper <laughs> yeah i i actually uh, think that they're accepting ransoms and toilet paper for this for the next set of lockdowns is that yeah. butt coin yeah but yeah yeah um, it's a good crack yeah. if you uh yeah if you don't pay up they're just gonna wipe all the files so um, <laughs> ah! yeah they'll flush your system huh yeah yeah it's really flush the system yeah this is a really Bad pun, but a miss another missed marketing opportunity. And this is from a uh, we H U I we at our company domain tools. Um, but he always says toilet paper companies should use the tagline number one for number two. I just <laughs> couldn't agree with him more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we anyways. <laughs> so, Chad, what does this mean for the future of of ransomware? Do you expect this will result in an uptick? You know, with Gregor on the scene. And what does it really mean for the cybercrime economy? Um, yeah, well, the cybercrime economy is very Kafka-esque. Um, no, <laughs> so, so, People pull so that parallel all the time, you know? I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, Cockroaches I think make sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly will always be around, you know? Um, but uh, I think this short time frame for payment is an interesting way to motivate victims. Um, I'm not sure. I, it's probably been done before and I just missed it. But this is the first time I've seen just 72 hours for people to pay out. Um, and I think this payload being a bit more sophisticated is kind of interesting um, and probably be the norm if it's more successful. Um, it's just a little bit harder to pull apart and analyze, of course. Um, but uh, then... We have yet to see if the folks behind the egregor infections can be as effective and speedy, say, as the Ryu group. You know, um, they've been getting known for their five or even two hour um, initial attack vector to infection um, or to rather full encryption of files. So um, overall, I, I think we'll see an uptick. Um, it just depends, you know what goes down over the next couple of months. I'm sure with this new tool for all these people that are trying to make money and a new set of lockdowns coming in countries, they'll be um, sitting there thinking like, what better way to spend my time at home rather than infecting machines and getting paid. So I think we will see an uptick uh, in the near future. Yeah, that's a great point to factor in the current economic climate. Of course, economics and crime are tied pretty closely together. So that's a an important take. Tim, I'd be curious after hearing Chad talk through 
this maze egregor story what you would rate this at from a hoodie perspective yeah i don't know if i'm just uh uh I don't know if it's because it's a rainy, dark day here or something like that, but this, this, uh, bothers me. I don't, uh, I think it'll take a little while for us to see what the real implications are, but the fact that the, uh, the nature of the payload, the fact that it's, um, evidently, you know, going to be a little harder to reverse and, uh, um, sort of fast acting in a bad way, um, is worrisome. Uh, I think the number that's, sitting uh, in my head is about seven hoodies and uh who knows maybe that will go up maybe it won't i hope it doesn't but that's kind of what it feels like right now like it's it's definitely bad it's not clear that it's tragically bad but uh but it's not like it ain't nothing it is something Seven hoodies sounds oddly comforting on a dreary Seattle day, just like Chad's environment in Hawaii, as you reminded us of earlier. Mm-hmm. This is very, yeah. <laughs> Seven out of 10 hoodies. I would agree with that. Um, and some very short board shorts um, to go with that to stay warm. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> no love for the Seattleites surviving the dreary winter. I think he's secretly trying to get us to come visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we can chat. have an office out here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like that. Well, how? What do you think in board shorts wise in terms of um, in terms of decimal, like point two five, or are we thinking shorter than that? Yeah. Well, I think that if you're, you know, a hoodie rating is danger based upon like the completeness of the hoodie, but for uh you know board shorts the dangerous rating is on how short they get so i would put these just about you know like a, an inch or two below the waist you know they're real dangerous these are some these are some real shorts <laughs> <laughs> all right point one five it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> the briefs of board shorts yeah the yeah, the briefs, yeah. <laughs> yeah executive briefing coming your way uh, <laughs> Well, let's keep this brief and move to our next article, which is the Cobalt Strikes Back. The source code for the widely used Cobalt Strike post-exploitation toolkit has allegedly been leaked online in a GitHub repository. Uh, Tim, you couldn't pay me enough money to say that again. Um, if I was just going to ask, you know, easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save everybody listening to this podcast how many takes um, it, it, it took to get there. Um, but on this history of drunk toolkit history, <laughs> we explore the widely used cobalt strike. Tim, can you give us an entertaining and slightly slurred history lesson on these? Photos? Well, first the earth cooled, then the dinosaur. <laughs> Never mind. I can't always start that way. Or maybe I can. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, yes. So many of you listeners may be familiar with cobalt strike. And if not intimately so, then you've probably at least heard the name before uh, a few minutes ago. It's a pen testing tool. Um, but as you would probably expect, its white hat intentions were summarily ignored by lots of actors who saw it as a good way to um, do nasty stuff against victim networks. Because um, what Cobalt Strike does is provide a lot of different ways to exploit the victim network uh, once the attacker's gotten inside. So um, because it'll let you run PowerShell scripts and do privilege escalation and stuff, there's uh, you have power to create command and control 
do lateral movement, generally wreak all kinds of havoc in that network. It's in short, it's not the sort of thing you want an adversary using against you. Uh, excuse me. Hey, can a fella get a drink around here? <laughs> I wasn't slurry enough, you see. I hope you're actually recording from a bar right now. Um, (laughs) You only have till midnight. That would not be, I was going to say, that would not be very consistent with our COVID guidelines. Yes. Barring any consequences. (laughs) (laughs) I live about two blocks from a really great bar, too. This is, this is crushing. But that's not the biggest reason it is. Let's, let's be clear about that. Yeah, but mostly I've been drinking to get through it. Um, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who needs the bar when you've got Drizzly deliveries? Uh, by the way, that I would like a sponsorship, Drizzly. Yeah. <laughs> this discount. is a formal yeah. inquiry from Chad Edmonds. For everybody from, father, the Drizzly sock, everybody from the Drizzly Sock team who's listening, please re- relay this. <laughs> Well, Tim, not long ago, a repository was created on GitHub. What was especially interesting about this code? Well, not long ago, a lot of repos were created on GitHub. Whatever could you mean, Kelsey? Okay, all right, I'll stop playing coy. The repo you're talking (laughs) about here does, in fact, appear to be the source code for Cobalt Strike 4.0, which was originally released uh, about a year ago in December of 2019. Uh, Well, I'm curious. Of course, there's this code. That's out there now. Is there any interesting nuggets that exist in the code itself or even proof that it is, in fact, as the article claims, the the source code for Cobalt Strike? Well, uh, as they said in all the Cold Cold War movies about impending nuclear annihilation, confidence is high. And as an aside, uh, as a kid who grew up very much during the Cold War, I never understood that phrase. Like, you're saying we're all about to get wiped off the face of the earth and you're feeling confident that now I understand what they meant by that. But back then I was very puzzled by it. But anyway, yes, it does appear to be authentic. Um, Among other things, you can see the license check code. Uh, Only thing is it's been commented out. Licenses, we don't need no stinking licenses. So it seems kind of a little murky as to I don't have perfect attribution, if you will, but there seems to be a science point to. Yeah, it's the real deal. It <laughs> seems to be the real deal. I just had to make sure he said it. So we had this recorded, documented <laughs> the future. Um, so how popular is this file on GitHub at this point? And how has the security community responded to this, this leak of sorts? Well, as of a few days ago, the repo had been forked 172 times. So that cat's pretty much out of the bag. I think uh, this is going to prove to be quite popular. Uh, Naturally, we're thinking here about adversaries, although I'm sure there will be plenty of more or less benevolent uh, red teamers who will be pretty stoked to have free use of Cobalt Strike. As I said, this particular cat is out of the bag. There'll be no getting this toothpaste back in the tube. We can try to shut the barn door after the horse is out, but that's never going to fly. Uh, would you like me to mix any more metaphors before we continue? <laughs> Speaking of which, hey, mixologist. <laughs> oh, no, the drunk history was only one part of the segment. The whole too show. bad, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you received the award for the most metaphors in one response on the show. Well, cool. I, you know, if it gets, if that becomes an arms race, we're all in trouble. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. As Chad flails his arms in the video. <laughs> his arms are racing, huh? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> uh, so what are the consequences then of this code being made uh, widely available? Yeah, so like so many things in security, this is not so much about an absolute, like it wasn't available before and now it is. It's a, more a matter of degree or magnitude. So all sorts of actors have used Cobalt Strike before. It's just that now it's available to more of them and the cost to use it, assuming you have the know-how to obtain and modify this source code, uh, has gone down. So it'll spread. Um, and with the source code available, malicious actors are definitely going to take the opportunity to modify it in lots of creative ways. So uh, the various effects of this will be harder to predict and, and maybe harder to detect and mitigate when you're uh, on the receiving end of this. Now, having said that, I, I don't personally see it as a game changer. Uh, the adversary uh, still has to do more or less the same things that they already had to do to get a foot into the door of the victim network. And uh, at each stage of the attack, they will leave some traces behind of what they're doing, uh, which give blue teamers various ways to detect and thwart an attack. Obviously, that's not always easy, but um, a lot of the fundamentals of how attacks take place are going to you know, are not going to be deeply changed by this. I, I don't think anyway. Uh, obviously, time will tell, and I certainly hope I'm not wrong about whether this is going to be a game changer. So. Uh, Okay, I know that the uh, only the first part was supposed to be the drunk history lesson, but you know, it is hard to get a dang refill around here. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Chad, you've heard Tim's potentially non-sober plea here about mm -hmm. um, Cobalt Strike, or not much of a plea, more of like a meh response. With all the information he shared, what what would you rate this at? Um. Yeah, I, it's hard to say, you know, I feel like this could be like a Mimi cats kind of situation, like a tool comes out that everyone just starts using, or it could be like all, all the actors were kind of already using Cobalt Strike. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what comes out of it for now. I'm going to give it like a, a nice sleeveless six out of 10 um, hoodie, uh, maybe with like a, you know, like a nice spot to put a cocktail or something like that in it, like a Mai Tai perhaps. Never um, yeah, don't they idea. call that the Hawaii hoodie? Yeah. Is that what that is officially named? I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it comes with a hat that fits two Mai Tais on either side. Um, and you can just walk around and drink them. I think the Hawaiian way of watching a football game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see them find a way to fashion Mai Tais in a tie that you drink from. Mm. Ooh, that's a, a good tie. idea. You could, uh, it, it, you the won't. tie becomes kind of a bladder that, that can contain your Mai Tai in it. Mm -hmm. That's a terrific mm -hmm. idea. Wow, looking incredible. You could really tie one on. Yeah. Give it a tie. It should be one of those clown flowers where you could just like kind of, <laughs> you know, you can squirt someone with it. You can go around and distribute some, <laughs> some Mai Tai that way. To someone you love, have a squirt of Mai Tai from my tie. From my yeah. tie. Wow, it's very meta. <laughs> thanks, but it's no thanks. <laughs> it's a great way to make friends. <laughs> All right, Tim, what's your, what's your rating here? I think I'm probably in the same neighborhood as Chad on this one. Um, I was going to say five, um, but when he made the Mimi Cats comparison, I thought, yeah, that 
that should raise it up a little bit. I, I'll agree. I'll say uh, six sounds good to me. You're not in his neighborhood, Tim. We've gone over this. We are in dreary Seattle. Chad mentally, is in beautiful Hawaii. Mentally, you got to believe I'm in his neighborhood. <laughs> That's well, funny. I need mentally, to be in I'm the in bar Seattle. too. <laughs> You're mentally in Seattle. Is that what you said, Chad? Yeah, yeah. Well, mentally I'm in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you two have swapped places mentally and emotionally. Somewhere over the mental Pacific Ocean. Hmm. As long as it's not over the Bermuda Triangle, we're in good shape. The Bermuda Triangle <laughs> sounded like that's what yes. you said. I think sorry, we, that was a hour. <laughs> Anywho, I think it's time for two truths and a lie. Are you two ready for my articles this week? They're all lies. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so to remind folks about our game, two truths and a lie, I'm going to name three article titles. Um, two of which are true. One is made up, a lie. And uh, Chad and Tim are going to try to call me out here on, on where I'm lying. And, you know, the audio might be slightly different on this episode because we're trying a different tool. It can all see my face, which is unusual. So this this makes it much more difficult, I mm. feel, to lie to them. I have to look them in the eye and lie. It was much easier when I couldn't see your face, both your faces. You can turn your camera off if you're afraid. Um. I'm not afraid of anything, Chad. <laughs> I'll look into our recording bot's eyes, Craig. Mm. Make eye contact. All right. Craig, you ready? Craig looks afraid. Craig does afraid. look afraid. Craig is mirroring my feelings on the inside. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, he does. He looks I would scared. like to have a, a confident looking recording bot. Now I'm worried that our recording is, you know, might get lost. Don't mess this up, Craig. Yeah, no pressure, Craig. <laughs> Craig the bot. Okay, here we go. The North Face's jackets are revealed to be insulated with more than down. Credential stuffing attack hits retailer. Ticketmaster ticketed but not fined for massive 2018 breach. And finally, son of a breach! Stock photo services fails to take stock of their security hit by data breach. Craig? <laughs> does, does Craig get a vote here? Mm. I think I'm good. All right, Chad, you good? I'm good. Yeah. Chattanooga. All right. Go for it, you two. Let's hear it. I, uh, I think, well, I, uh, I heard about this one of them, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know. I'm having a little bit of a hard time between the other two. I'm going to say, I think the lie is the North Face one. Okay. Chad? I, uh, yeah. I, I am also going to go with North Face because I feel like you are a goose filled with goose. Yeah. <laughs> you silly goose. It's all lie. Silly with goose. goose well, I goosed both of you because Ticketmaster was actually fined for their massive breach. <sighs> Good news. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Bad news is you didn't get any points. Good news, though, is that mm. there's pleasant news. Yay. That's right. Well done, co-host Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you. I owe all of my success to our bot, Greg. Thanks. If I couldn't look into your terrified little animated eyes, I wouldn't have been able to hold it together. This one goes to you, buddy. Nothing but for Greg. Stone cold. Stone cold Craig. Bot, the, the bot that's got it. E. Craiger. 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, that was a lot of fun. Chad, is your dad going to be on next week? Uh, sure. We can have him. We can, he'll actually <laughs> replace me. I'll take the week off. I'll be at the beach. <laughs> wow. Just had to get another one in there. <laughs> Life's I'll, beach, I'll be at the beach. Just, beach? just for that. I'll be at the beach next week. Also, you know, it'll probably yeah. be about 42 and raining, but by golly, I'll be there. Yeah. But I'll be there. <laughs> oh boy. Well, speaking of, we've got one more episode and then we're going to take a little bit of a, a Thanksgiving break. So we'll be back for episode 68. And then you're going to have a week free of Chad, Tim, and, and now Ken, Ken's voice and descriptions of Craig the Bot. Got to soak it all in now. That was our moment of silence for the, the down of week silence. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you two both so much. This is always so much fun. We'll be back next week another episode of breaking badness i think next week is chad's turn to do his drunk ens history so we'll see we'll see how that goes mm, exciting oh <laughs> i since i'm two hours ahead i'll have to start drinking in the morning to make sure i'm i'm ready for you all mimosas you, greyhounds my yeah. tie from a tie and i yeah. invented a really really killer addition to the mimosa by the way we call it sunday juice and it's it's fab <laughs> Sunday. I'll have to um, send it to you guys sometimes. Is the trick to uh, to dump in a pack of Pedialyte because that's the way to do it? You <laughs> no, know, you I want wasn't to make thinking of it head. medicinal. <laughs> Although uh, okay. it's probably valuable too. Yeah. Wait. So this goes with the mimosa. This is an add-on. You have a mimosa, and you you add this stuff into the mimosa, and oh, it is so so good. Like many great discoveries, it was accidental. Yeah. Well, I'll have to do that on the, uh, gosh, if we could ever have some kind of thing where we talk about cocktails and uh, uh, indicators of compromise together. I don't know. That's That would be Wouldn't cool. That'd be something. Probably never happen. Probably would never happen. I, f- I find that if I drink a, too many cocktails, it's an indicator that I'm compromised. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, on that note, I'll let you compromise yourself and call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time on Breaking Badness. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye now. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.